It is January 20th, 2023, and welcome to episode 171 of Fault Lines, the National Security Institute's podcast that gets you quickly up to speed three times a week on the national security and foreign policy debates shaking up America. I'm your once-a-week host, Jamil Jaffer, the founder and executive director of the National Security Institute at George Mason University's Anson Scalia Law School. And I'm joined, as always, by my friend and former boss, Les Munson, the former staff director of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, and Jessica Jones, NSI's amazing deputy staff director. So what's the story this week? Last week, the new U.K. Prime Minister Rishi Sunak announced that Britain would send Ukraine a dozen Challenger 2 main battle tanks, the move which will put some of the West's best land-fighting capabilities in the hands of Ukrainians in the fight against the Russians is clearly designed to affect the balance of power on the battlefield, as well as to pressurize other allies like the United States and Germany, which have, at least thus far, refused to provide such high-powered weaponry. The Challenger 2 tanks, which come with a 120-millimeter rifled gun, a max speed of 37 miles per hour, have never never been lost to any fire, according to the British, and have been used in the conflict in Iraq, Kosovo, and Bosnia-Herzegovina. This could rapidly become embarrassing for the United States should the government, as it's currently planning to do, not include our own main battle tanks, the M1A2 Abrams, the gold standard in, in tanks. We're currently preparing our own package, roughly $2.5 billion of additional military hardware, including striker combat vehicles, Bradley fighting vehicles, MRAPs, and the like, but not, importantly, not the M1A2, nor the ATACMs, the Army Tactical Missile Systems that the Ukrainians have been begging for in order to go after the Russians where they're fighting from. So, our debate today, should we send main battle tanks or not? Less? I know you don't want to send them, so tell us why. Jamil, you're wrong. I want to send you them. You do. Uh, here's, here's what I think about this issue. We should send tanks to Ukraine. We should send them in a way such that... They are effective and they do the job on the ground against the Russians. That means we need to take our time. We need to train the Ukrainians. We need to make sure they're ready to handle what they're about to get. Uh, we need to not wage this war through press releases from the prime minister's office or the president's office or the White House or what have you. We need to be smart about this. There's a meeting at Ramstein Air Base today in Germany uh, where the U.S. and its allies in the war uh, in Ukraine are going to be discussing the kinds of assistance that will be provided to Ukraine. Uh, I have no doubt that we are going to be providing tanks. Uh, none other than the sage David Ignatius basically telegraphed that in the post yesterday in his op-ed, basically saying we're going to be sending tanks to Ukraine. I say the smart analyst on the situation in Ukraine isn't reacting to announcements and is instead kind of reading between the lines and seeing that the U.S. is trying to take the temperature down on all of the announcements, but meanwhile provide lethal assistance to the Ukrainians on the ground so that they can prevail against the Russians and to the administration's credit, I think we, we owe them the benefit of the doubt. The assistance they have provided for the past nine months has been very effective. Ukraine is prevailing on the battlefield. They need to prevail in this next phase, and that's likely going to mean they need a lot of tanks to help them. Jess? I mean, yeah, but I mean, Les, we we know the calendar, right? We know how the months work. We knew winter was coming. We knew we didn't know what the, what the statement would look like or where trenches were being dug or where people are digging in. But we knew that winter was coming. So we knew there was this golden opportunity to, to provide support, critical support to the Ukrainians. And yet now we're, you're saying, well, they're doing it, but it's going to be out in the future. And what if we miss this critical moment now? Right. Why, why, why didn't we prepare for this already? Jones, here's what I think. And I don't I don't I have no inside knowledge. I have not seen classified information in many years. I will bet you a dollar there are Ukrainians training on tanks in Kansas right now 
getting ready to uh, be effective on the battlefield in the when springtime comes. I, I will bet you anything this is already in process. I mean, totally factless assertion, right? There's no basis for that. You you have a hypothesis. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. But there's no evidence to support that less. And to the contrary, at every turn, and look, I'm a fan of, the, of what the administration has done, keeping the allies together and what they're providing thus far. The problem is they've slow walked the whole thing. They've eked it out time after time saying no, 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 and eventually giving in after being shamed into it by our allies, after being shamed into it by the Ukrainians' courage on the battlefield. We've been shamed into doing what we've been doing. If we had provided less, the amount of support and the kind of support we're providing today, high Mars, small diameter bombs, right, uh, Patriot missiles, if we provide that in last January before the invasion, we might very well have staved it off. And at a minimum, we would have 7,000 dead Ukrainians, including 400 dead Ukrainian civilians and 400 children. We'd be in a much better place. But of course, we didn't. And it wasn't because we were training them on high Mars back then or training them on pages back then. It was because we were too wimpy to put it in. Let's be honest, Les, you're making that up about, about Ukraine's training on American tanks. Uh, I, I am making that up. That's true. I am speculating. Just like your counterfactual hypothetical of the Ukrainians would have won nine months ago if we had done X, Y, and Z, total nonsense. Uh, here's here's what I think to the administration's credit: they do not brag about stuff in headlines, in announcements. They I think Emil hates that. <laughs> to the Ukrainians when it was relevant and when it would work. So initially, it was soldier so, uh, shoulder fired missiles, anti-tank missiles. That's what was needed. That's what would work in the moment. You didn't need a ton of training to use them. We could give them and they would use them and they would win. Tanks are a totally different story. If we started, if we showed up with a bunch of Abrams tanks and the and the British tanks and the German tanks all at once, all three of which are different, they, the Ukrainians, frankly, would have no idea what to do with them. We need to train them. They need to know what the right tactics are. With tanks, tactics are even more important than the equipment. They need to be trained in a bunch of ways. This does not happen overnight. If we just airdrop them into Ukraine right now, it'd be a complete, completely wasted effort. So let's just be realistic here about military assistance and how it works. It is complicated. There's there's a long train that is involved before you get to the point where you're handing the thing over and you're using. All right, let's let's see. Let's say you're right, and it's all about we need to train them in time. Why not announce we're training the Ukrainians on main battles and main battle, the American main battle tanks are, are going to be in the game shortly. Why not say that? You know why we're not saying that? Because we're not doing it. Let's be serious. This idea somehow that the, that the administration is one that speaks softly and carries a big stick. The reality is they speak softly because they're carrying a little stick. Let's be real. And Les, before we started recording, you brought out the reason maybe to answer Jamil's question why they're not announcing it now is it's more provocative to announce it now than to wait and announce it later, which I don't understand the premise there. Why would we tell the Russians what we're going to do? Wouldn't it be better to let them be surprised by the capabilities that the Ukrainians have built? <laughs> you just ruin the surprise. We'll be more effective. Oh so my God. this idea that you should you should make a big announcement that you're Mr. Tough Guy and you're going to give X, Y, and Z to the Ukrainians, and then tomorrow you deliver it, that's exactly what the Russians are hoping we will do. They, they would love to be able to read the newspaper and figure out what their military strategy should be. We shouldn't tell them. Come on, this is basic stuff. It's called deterrence. And that's a wrap. Thanks to Gabriel Otis and Brooke Agacon from NSI and Claude Jennings for their help producing today's episode. Join us again this Monday for the next episode of Fault Lines, the podcast that gets you smart fast on the issues shaking up America's national security. And if you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe so more people can get in the Fault Lines crew.